0: welcome back to another episode of the general podcast today we're going to be talking about friends and burgers and how something that started as uh, an idea just a decade ago um, has now turned into a restaurant chain of 24 restaurants over 450 employees and what is according to taloustutkimus the leading restaurant brand in in finland and uh, with me i have
1: uh, hello my name is Isak fagerholm and I've been well i'm from finland i'm from up north jakobstad and uh, i've been working at friends and burgers since day one mostly with operations but also business development uh, marketing and uh, especially in the beginning we were quite a small team so involved in a lot of different areas and um, Maybe I'll start off with just going through the story. So ten years ago, the uh, Friends and Burger, the, the idea of Friends and Burgers was uh, was created in in Pietarsaari by six
0: friends uh, who are, who had. Uh, just to, so yeah. for international listen, listeners, Pietarsaari is a small town on the coast uh, in in Finland. Yeah, makes sense. Good, good
1: uh, clarification. Uh, anyway, six friends and the idea of making uh, a better burger chain. Uh, they all saw that, uh, that it was a big. There was a big trend uh, in in the U.S. and also growing in Scandinavia, with uh, better, better fast food, especially burgers. Um, and um, this whole fast casual segment was growing really, really rapidly. And uh, the idea of friends and burgers came about. Uh, it was just basically trying to make as good food as possible and and uh, food in the in the similar kind of fashion you would make if you invited friends over. So you'd go out and get the best best possible meat, and then you'd uh, spend some extra time preparing it and making sure everything is all right with uh, with uh, with your ho- home and setting everything into place. And that idea uh, came to be, and uh, then uh, we worked on the product a few months before uh, it was ready to launch, and um, and then we uh, everything was. Uh, just as it should be, and it tasted amazing in the test kitchen when we made a few portions, and then we opened in April 2014 mm-hmm. in the Akupstad. and and uh, and we're faced with a whole lot of challenges because after making just a few test burgers, we had to make hundreds, and this turned in turned out to be
0: quite uh, quite difficult. So, what were some of the challenges in the beginning? Was it, um, or first, if you could go back, you mentioned the better burger trend that yeah. was brewing in the United States. Um, when you say better burgers, was it more about the quality of the ingredients or was it about the taste or, or some combination? What was the, big, what was yeah. the biggest difference um, that you were Yeah, g- good question. Um, the whole idea
1: <clears throat> relates to, to basically people moving from fast food to something called fast casual. And fast casual is, is uh, the fastest go- growing segment in the restaurant industry still. Mm. And <clears throat> the idea there is that you take uh, high quality food from casual dining and then you serve it in in a fast food setting so it's self-service and uh and um yeah no table service yeah and then you get high quality food for an affordable price and and um it's made to order but it's still quicker than casual dining yeah yeah. so this trend was was growing and, and we saw big chains in the us five guys shake shack growing rapidly and also in in sweden we saw that there was a big burger boom uh yeah. starting with flipping burgers and and a couple of other actors
0: yeah and I think uh, it's important to to point out that this was ten years ago, and the market uh, the restaurant scene in Finland has changed a lot over the last decade, so what sounds now quite commonplace was actually quite uh, novel new and um, there was how how was the reception in the beginning before or before even launching was it was it clear that this was going to be a, a big success that there was a lot of demand for this, or were there doubts as to how, how what were the kind of the initial reception yeah. um, when it comes to the price point and, and and just like a the different category of of restaurant dining?
1: Yeah, it's it's true. Uh, back then there wasn't really <laughs> anyone who did anything anything like this and and uh, of course the plans from the beginning were quite ambitious. The idea was to create a chain. and I think uh, uh, it was quite funny because uh, already after a few months after we opened, and we only only had one restaurant in in, in a small town in Finland. Uh, already at that point, some of the major Finnish newspapers were, um, had headlines about the new Finnish burger chain, and we only had the one place in, 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 in Jakobstad at the time. So it was good. It was right a good reception. It was a Exactly. I'm, I'm, I think one of the biggest uh, biggest uh, contributors to our, su- our success has been uh, good timing. Okay. Seeing a, a, a big trend brewing and, and then um, being at, uh, with the right product at the right time in the right
0: place. Uh, going back to some of the challenges you began mentioned in the mm-hmm. beginning with the first restaurant, um, what were were these operational challenges, marketing challenges, both pricing? What was what were some of the the problems? I think
1: in terms of marketing and branding, we got uh, most most of the things right in the beginning. We had a, a good product and we had a good price point, and and uh, we got a lot of customers in the beginning, and that was what created the the challenges. Yeah. Um, so basically, the biggest biggest uh, Difficulties were related to making uh, going from making 10 burgers in a test kitchen to making hundreds and especially with our fries We had a lot of uh, we went in for making our fries ourselves With uh, the Heston Blumenthal triple cooked uh, process, which is quite uh, quite difficult and and especially to get uh, uh, Even quality Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of challenges in the beginning with the fries, especially and we got a lot of negative feedback and Mm -hmm. and uh, we had to work a lot with the fries. I think we did at least fifty tests mm. of uh, different processes or and different varieties of potatoes, just in a few month first months.
0: And so, uh, during all this testing, was it um, going through that many tests requires a vision, requires some some ide- idea, something that you're pursuing. Um, so, was it always clear that this is what we're going to build? This, uh, this, this, the idea of a better burger chain. And uh, that's what we're pursuing, and that we're, we're going to get there eventually. Or were there? Uh, wh- why the? What was the vision? What was the the reason behind this consistent and persistent effort? Yeah, good question. Um, I think in the
1: beginning we had we had an idea of what what we, what the brand was supposed to be, and it has evolved throughout the years. and And um, we faced different challenges that have uh, really made us question. Uh, what's what's actually a part of of the the brand and the company friends and burgers and in the beginning we had uh, we started out with with uh, a few core values um, one of them being that we only wanted to use finish finish ingredients only fresh ingredients uh, and then we wanted to make make the food ourselves especially if we could make it better so this was uh, a few of the the main um, aspects of the the food or the the food related related values and in the beginning, there was a lot of questioning because we had the difficulties were 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 quite, uh, quite challenging. And with especially with the fries, and we uh, we did some soul searching. And 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 um, after we uh, after the summer, first summer, we actually figured out how to make fries in a good way. And and we realized that that this could actually turn into something that's quite unique for us. Mm. We could be the company that actually is able to make uh, high quality food uh, in the restaurant. Um, and this. Um, uh, I'm just gonna tell you a story about what happened after, because when we figured out the, the fries, and uh, and a better process, a more even process, um, uh, we we realized that we had disappointed a lot of our fans in in our hometown. So uh, immediately after the summer, in the fall, when we got new fresh fresh potatoes, a fresh harvest, we uh, invited everyone for free fries, basically saying that we're sorry, we made a, we didn't really know what we were, we were doing, and now but now we figured out. Uh, please come, uh, come and have a taste. Uh, it's on, it's on the house, and that was a huge, mm. huge success. And we actually have been, we've been doing this, this ever since, uh, at least once a year, mm. um, when, when there's a fresh harvest and the potatoes are at their best. Yeah. We want to invite people
0: in. I think, yeah. Just to kind of summarize, we touched upon a, a lot of interesting kind of ingredients when it comes to branding. One is timing, mm. like that's that's really, really important. The second is product, having that, cons- having that like almost obsession. With product quality, and and third would be like humility to recognize when you've um, when you've maybe disappointed some customers, you haven't delivered according to to expectations, and to be able to communicate that very openly and, and actually turn it into something, turn it into a positive as opposed to uh, as opposed to a negative. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention one quick kind of example to illustrate because you mentioned the fries, um, and and how difficult it can be to do at scale because that you mentioned in uh, Shake Shack as an example. It's a it's a multi-billion dollar chain worldwide, or yeah. at least, yeah, they have with hundreds of restaurants and, and very successful, one of the most successful, perhaps the most successful Better Burger chain in the world. And they also tried to make, because they believe in a lot of things that Friends and Burgers believes in in terms of quality and freshness. And so they tried to make the switch a couple of years ago, I believe, yeah. from frozen fries, frozen crinkle cut fries to fresh fries made on, in the restaurant, and they had to abandon it because it was just too difficult. So um, it it sounds very easy: cut up some potatoes, fry them. But it's it's actually very very difficult. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree, and I wouldn't recommend uh, this to anyone else. But we, we kind of figure it out, and um, and if I go back to to after the summer and uh, and having those tough discussions about what's part of the brand and what's uh, what are we gonna be. Um, after that, we also, we, uh, we uh, kind of locked in on, on uh, doing the, the food in, in the restaurants. So we, we had a couple of things figured out already. We knew that we wanted fresh, finished ingredients. And then we figured out that we wanted to, to uh, find ways to make it better ourselves if we, if we could. So along the years, or after a year, we, uh, we started grinding our own beef in-house. We realized that we could do it uh, in, a, in a better way. We could get a better result, more fresh, fresh beef. Turn, turns into a better patty and then uh, two years in we we started to bake our own buns uh, before that we had uh, uh, some local bakeries make it for us fresh but they didn't deliver on weekday weekends which turns uh, gave us a bit of a, a, a challenge because uh, we sell the most on in the, in the weekend so the product was uh, was the was wasn't at the, it, its best when mm-hmm. when we had the most customers so after after the, all of this yeah. we kind of figured out that the when it comes to the food we also want to make at least the main components ourselves because we can can make it better and at yeah. the time we all, also make our our sauces and uh, veggie patties uh, chicken patties as well in house.
0: Yeah. And uh, okay so you you figure out the that part to figure out the operational issues the quality issues etc mm-hmm. um and then the second restaurant opens in Helsinki in the capital of Finland nice. in 2015. Yeah in spring. And uh what was that like Compared to the first restaurant,
1: yeah, it was interesting because again we had a we had a lot of uh, luck with the timing and uh, and in that way we uh, it it was quite easy for us. Sorry, it was a big risk, but it was we had a good position because we uh, wanted the second location to be in the center of Helsinki, the capital of Finland. And um, once we got the location, we kind of started telling people about our media about this, and we got a lot of press. And when we opened, we uh, we had a queue um, and and course, we were happy and and ready to to deliver we thought, but then it turned out that the queue didn't stop, so we went four months with a constant queue and we had to to learn uh, again to scale uh, from just making well a f- maybe a few hundreds in 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 mm-hmm. uh to making thousands a day or a thousand a day and that was a, a big challenge as well and again, we kind of uh, were in a situation where we went one summer with uh, Maybe disappointing some customers this time. Not maybe so much with uh, product quality, but with uh, waiting time. Mm-hmm. And which again, is a
0: big component of the restaurant experience. Yeah, yeah
1: for sure. Yeah. People are hungry when they get there, and they don't get, or they get hungrier and hungrier as they wait. So it's not really ideal. But anyway, after the summer, we uh, we uh, figured out how to work. We kind of learned uh, learned through uh, through our failures.
0: W- was there, You mentioned long queue for four months, which is a very good result when it comes to opening a new restaurant. Um, was there anything that you did? Before the opening that or was it just the kind of the hype that you mentioned in the beginning you had press in, in the big uh, like national media Already or what was it that allowed the second restaurant in Helsinki much bigger, but also more competitive market to be so uh, successful?
1: Yeah, I think I think one of the main things was that was the brand and the positioning because there wasn't really any any competitors at the time which uh, can be a risk or an opportunity, at this, this time it was a, an opportunity because people were ready. There was, wasn't just any options available. So I think that was one thing. And then I think the whole th- idea of building a brand to be, or building a restaurant to be a chain uh, from the from the start was quite unusual in Finland. Mm, so it made it uh, more interesting. It made it more interesting. It, it was something newsworthy. It wasn't just one more restaurant opening. It was, this is the next big thing in terms of restaurant chains. So I think I, I think that was important.
0: Yeah, and I remember also there was a, a food restaurant magazine that had nominated or uh, awarded Burgers with the new title of newcomer of the year. Yeah. so that goes back to product quality building, kind of that hype, yeah. if you will. Okay, okay so the second restaurant very successful. Then a couple more followed in in next year, and I think that in in was it in a year and a half you went from seven. Uh, so that was the first restaurant, but seven to 140 employees—is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That, so that's that's
1: one of the the most important fact or in, interesting facts, I think, uh, from my perspective. So in, in January 2015, we had set, me, me plus six em- employees, and uh, 18 months later, we had 140. Uh, so that was quite a rapid expansion, and for sure uh, was maybe the most challenging times for us. Some growing pains. Some growing pains for sure, and a lot of mistakes. Uh, Luckily, throughout the years, uh, I think maybe we've made just uh, enough good decisions to, to cover the,
0: the mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so the first, second restaurant was successful, then follows a, a bunch more. They're also successful. Um, what was, was there a point, how long did you, would you say that Friends and Burgers was able to ride the wave of that kind of the hi- hype wave of being the newcomer, being the underdog, being like the, the mm. interesting new brand, um, when did that switch, or did it switch from then turning more mainstream?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's hard to pinpoint the exact moment, but we got a few years there in the beginning where we, we were the the new thing. we uh, we were unique. Um, we didn't really have any direct competitors um, in the fast casual burger segment, and we were growing quite fast because we've been opening restaurants at least one every year since we started. So uh, we had restaurants. Around, around Finland qu- pretty quickly. Um, I think it lasted maybe f- three, four, five years. And then slowly we, we started to realize, we started to see new um, companies, uh, competitors um, open up and uh, a lot of good ones um, as well. And, um, and we also kind of noticed the shift where we were more the established chain and we didn't really get the sympathy that we got in the beginning when we were an, an underdog. So uh, that happened, and and that also made us kind of question what the positioning should have should be like. Because in the beginning, we we uh, maybe were more of, um, turned towards foodies and and people who really are into trying new things and new 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 uh, products. And I don't remember the exact moment, but at some point we realized that we we're not going to be the small new kind of uh, hidden gem uh, anymore. Um, so we needed to be something else and th- and there we kind of shifted towards being more going uh, for the the better fast food uh kind of positioning um before before this we we never spoke of ourselves as as even being fast food it was kind of a, almost like a curse word yeah, yeah. <laughs> um because for us it's we were fast casual and that was like what we were doing uh but but at some point we re- realized that being better fast food is probably not a bad thing it's it's easier to to kind of for people to understand it's easier for us to understand as well mm. and um yeah it's kind of one of the the moments where we uh the brand kind of pivoted a bit uh, from from being maybe a bit narrower to to widening
0: so yeah and that how looking back it sounds like it, it seems like a very reasonable obvious almost decision mm. to make but it wasn't certainly it probably wasn't that in the
1: no never it making it, <laughs> never
0: uh, and it was probably a long process of internally I'm, I'm, I'm mm. thinking before even being able to ex, uh, communicate it to to the customers how you're kind of positioning the brand yeah exactly
1: yeah and also since the ambitions were quite quite um, or we had ambitions to be a, a big chain um, then we realized that we probably we need a brand that's uh, that speaks to to uh, to a wider audience mm. and I think actually one of the things that one of the core values as well if since I touched on the food parts, Making it in a, in house and and from fresh finish uh, ingredients. One of the other thing, other uh, main things also as well, or two other things that we really wanted to to have a part of of the brand throughout the years has been um, well, one people. Uh, the whole idea of, of friends and burgers comes from from t- treating treating people as, as friends and um, and yeah, treating everyone the way you you'd like to be thre- treated as well. And um, this applies to uh, of course. Uh, guests and colleagues, but also uh, service providers or even competitors. So we wanted to make sure that uh, whenever you come in contact with friends and burgers, we're being professional and, mm-hmm. and polite and, and friendly. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that we have uh, kept as a part of the the brand from the beginning is, is transparency. And uh, here we have had a quite a concrete uh, kind of question that's guided our decision making throughout the years, which has been um, well, basically that we don't want to do anything that could uh, cause any difficult questions. So uh, having the idea of if someone calls me in the morning and asks me about anything about our food or our processes or our HR mm. or whatever, uh, we shouldn't do anything that makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. And if we realize that something feels a bit uncomfortable, then we fix it before someone, before, before someone asks yeah.
0: uh So that's a great great uh, point, bringing it back to the positioning, that there were elements from the beginning that have not changed. Mm. And the idea was never to change them, even though the positioning changed. There were elements, core elements yeah. that didn't change. Um, and I just want to point out when we were talking about the the switch in positioning and going after a broader audience, because I think it, it may seem obvious, but but uh, I think a lot of the time positioning is kind of the I- idealized, like this is what we want to be, but the actual positioning is what the customers say, and we can try maybe to nudge it, we can try to influence it, but there's like a natural positioning in the market. Based on what customers think, and when you uh, kind of accept and embrace that, then it everything just makes a lot more sense. So, yeah, kind of and was was maybe um, trying to to the the positioning changed naturally because the com- as the company grew, and then the the decision the right decision was to to also ac- to accept that and and change the marketing and uh, the communication accordingly.
1: Yeah, I think it's that it's an interesting topic, and and for us it's been since the first day we opened the first restaurant, kind of the the whole idea of what we wanted the brand to be as as uh, it's not in our control uh, mm. basically, and uh, and I think for us it's been really important to kind of or or, or we already always approached it this way, or at least tried to approach mm. it, pr- approach it this way that uh, we we really try to ask people what they think and f- try to figure out what people actually mm. uh, what they see in us and what's what kind of what things they appreciate in what in, in our work and uh, and kind of uh, work backwards from there because mm-hmm. that that's um, probably a better way than, than us being stubborn and, and trying to force for example this whole fast casual yeah. thing on people that don't maybe really um, um, yeah. pay attention that much
0: they just want to find a, a good burger place yeah which is most restaurant goers yeah okay uh, switching gears a little bit Let's talk about some more tactical marketing stuff. So the restaurant industry, especially in, in your segment, it's a volume business, right? That's how you need to get a lot of customers. Yeah. Um, so what, what or first, yeah, if we could, yeah, let's talk about some of the specific ways. How do you think about, as Friends and Burgers, sales activations, like short-term getting people in, 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 in the door and all the activities that do that? Versus what we've been talking about so far, which is brand, which mm-hmm. is much harder to measure. Um, and how do you justify those investments in a very notoriously, I'd say, maybe almost uh, low-margin industry? So how do you think about long-term versus short-term? Yeah, when it comes to marketing.
1: Yeah, uh, good question. First, like if I just give a, a quick overview of the basic economics in in, in the restaurant business. So it's a, it's a volumes game for sure, because uh, you have your rent and. Ideally, you'd have uh, um, out of a hundred percent, you'd have thirty, like thirty percent in in labor costs, thirty percent in in uh, raw materials, and then twenty percent or some sim- similar amount in in um, other costs, mainly rent, and then something left for for the bottom line. Uh, but there, the the rent part is uh, is is quite substantial, and and at some point when you get critical mass. Um, you, it, it turns quite profitable, so it's really it really is a volumes game and and um for us when it comes in it comes to uh, sales activation um and we kind of went the first few years uh, just uh, uh throughout the honeymoon phase and we we got a lot of press and we had a lot of word of mouth and people were just showing up so we didn't really need anything and also it was even part of the brand mm-hmm. we didn't really discount we uh we wanted to we didn't want to, to cheapen. Uh, the product at, at any mm-hmm. point. Uh, we even had maybe like a quite a unusually bad lunch offer, just a mm. one euro off, which is quite um, not that 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 big of a discount. Mm. So that was the part of the beginning. And here I think it's interesting because uh, especially after COVID, COVID, and maybe we get to that later, uh, th- things kind of changed, and we we uh, found some ways to incorporate um, tactical uh marketing campaigns mm. and and even discounts to to our um to our brand and um but the main thing for us has been we do we don't want to do like um coup- coupons we don't want to do uh, percentage discounts or stuff like that that's not really our thing but we want to find ways to to drive people into the restaurant have mm. events um uh, big big happenings where we get mm. people to try our food because mm. uh since we follow up a lot of different uh, quality measurements or kpis we we uh, we think we know uh, uh, when the quality is good uh, and when the what restaurant works uh, when the restaurant works and then we want to drive people in and have a try and especially new customers mm-hmm. and then if we do our job in operations we uh, they they should come back and probably well hopefully bring a friend.
0: Mm-hmm. As, so would it be fair to say that the product quality is what allowed you to create a lot of brand awareness through mm-hmm. PR etc word of mouth without having to spend a lot. Um, and it also made s- a lot of the sales activation kind of redundant because there was the de- 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 the demand was still there. You didn't have to go out and, and incentivize people to come in. Yeah,
1: for sure. And, and also, I think it's uh, one of the factors that play- played a role was that we were so new and mm-hmm. we didn't have any everything figured out. So we also had maybe some operational things. Now looking back, I think mm-hmm. we we didn't even have time to to consider uh, pushing sales up because we. Uh, we uh, there was a, there was already a queue at the door, mm-hmm. and uh, we were ma- mainly focusing on just uh, making the best possible burger and, and providing the best possible
0: service. Got it. Um, it's imp- it's <clears throat> difficult, or it's it wouldn't make sense to have a discussion about the restaurant industry without thinking about what happened in the last well three, two, two years. Um, very difficult time for the a lot of the restaurant um, due to to lockdowns etc. So uh, if you could kind of. Take us back to March, February twenty twenty. Um, what happened? How did what happened in the restaurant industry? How did Friends and Burgers respond? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's
1: been uh, a tough couple of years for for us as well, uh, as well as the the whole industry. Um, in twenty twenty, uh, I was actually in uh, on in a restaurant uh, or at a restaurant exhibition in the U.S. in in February, February with some of, some of my colleagues. And we started hearing about this COVID virus and, and, um, and uh, the exhibition was maybe half full because of the, the virus. And, and then I, when I came back to Finland, it, uh, it was in March and we, we got the, the news that uh, everything is going to be locked down. And for us, it, uh, we lost more than half our, our sales in just a week. And of course, this uh, was kind of a mm. challenging time, um, both in terms of getting the staff right uh, um, quickly enough and also trying to find ways to still operate and, and get the food out to, to customers who wanted to eat. Um, and uh, I think probably what saved us in the beginning was uh, um, uh, really flexible staff. We had, we had a lot of great people who, who were able, really worked uh, for the company and, and came in uh, to help out and, and also took, took time off when, when we didn't really have any work. Uh, and then we also had a good partnership with uh, Volt and Fedora, so delivery service providers. Mm. Uh, but the first uh, spring, the first lockdown was kind of a shock to everyone. I think the good thing was the solidarity that our customers showed and our staff showed that kind of mm. helped us to, through the first wave. And then there was a lot of ramping up and, and shutting down through, throughout the last couple of years. So we had two main two major lockdowns and, and one half um, in the last two and a half years. And Um, i think after the first kind of um um shock uh we had this decision to make when we went into the second spring and we had the second lockdown and kind of we kind of knew it was coming and then we we were able to prepare better we in terms of staffing and then we also had a big decision to make which was uh do we go into defensive mode just cut costs and and try to uh, survive or do we go more aggressive and, Mm. and maybe offer some some discounts on on the delivery platforms and and try to gain market share and, and try to make sure that people eat our food and and we have have work for our staff uh it, it was higher risk but we ended up going with the with the more aggressive approach and uh, looking back i think it was the, the right to call um so after the first lockdown every other lockdown or major restriction period we uh we went for for quite intense uh, campaigning and and uh, yeah just Mm. Going for for market share and and making sure people eat mm. eat our burgers instead of someone else's.
0: So you've been able to to grow and be profitable despite despite yeah. these very challenging.
1: Yeah. So we have twenty four restaurants at the moment, and and I think sixteen out of them uh, were opened post COVID. Okay. And uh, yeah, profit profitable, yes, but uh, I think especially the the campaigns didn't re- really leave anything.
0: Uh, yeah. For the company, it was but it was a strategic decision to make sure exactly. you yeah. get the volume in.
1: Yeah, and also we wanted to make sure that people eat yeah. friends and burgers, <laughs> and yeah. we wanted to make sure that we don't lose any staff. Since we knew we were growing, it was important to be able to keep staff, our staff, yeah. um, and the, the people who know how to to work in yeah. the restaurants. Keep them uh, um, with us, and and uh, that also played up played a part. But it wasn't an easy decision, because yeah, yeah, basically we were buying sales which didn't really leave anything uh, at the bottom line yeah
0: all right uh final question we're recording this in january 2023 what's what what are the plans um for for this year and beyond what are the expectations yeah it's interesting we don't know
1: everything and it's uh uncertain times but um and uh, and having been through the last nine years i i, I can imagine that we're gonna uh, face some challenges or or discuss or have some interesting discussions in terms of positioning and brand and and what we want to be next and uh, how we how we are how we should adapt to the changing environment but that what we know for sure is that we're continue uh, we're continuing to grow and um we actually have the next opening next week that's going to be our first uh, drive-through restaurant so that's something we're trying out and and, and where, where is that restaurant that's in Kokkola also a small so town in in, in Finland. So um, we have growth and we have um, we have a lot of projects going on in trying to improve the, the product and trying to 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 figure out what uh, what's part of the concept. Um, at least for now, we're sticking uh, with uh, we will, what we know works, which is uh, making burgers and fries from from scratch in the restaurant and using using uh, Finnish and uh, uh, fresh uh, ingredients. And probably I should also mention, since uh, it's been a uh, become uh, part of our tradition. Um, in in the fall, we're gonna have one more of the farmers' days, which is uh, which has been now. It's it's gonna be the fourth year running, where we offer free food to all the everyone who produces food in Finland. Not not only our our uh, providers, but anyone. Uh, so one day where where anyone who produces food can come eat friends and berries for free. So that's gonna that's something I always look forward to, trying to give back. Um, to the people that make uh, make all of this uh, possible.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come on the podcast. My pleasure. Wish you and uh, Francis Burgers all best of luck and much success for for this year. And uh, that's a wrap. Thanks.